Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to another edition of the High Motion Podcast here on Block Talk Radio. And once again, we'd like to thank everybody that has been tuning in, but also checking out our podcast on various platforms. First and foremost, if you have if you missed any of our recent shows, <clears throat> excuse me, you can check it out um, first and foremost on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, um, if you don't want to do that you can also check it out on other various platforms you can check it out on spotify we are on spotify right now which is great so you can access it you know through your phone you can also uh access it uh through uh, your television you pretty much have all options uh to to check out the podcast 
just uh, download the Spotify app. Just search uh, Total Sports Live TSL Podcast. Um, and there you can find, you know, not only the first episode, but the second um, episode of the uh, High Motion Podcast. And we're also on uh, Apple on Apple Podcast. So if you just go there as well, you can check it. You can uh, check that out, uh, too. All you, you got to do is go uh, to just go to that app on your iPad or iPhone and just uh, search Total Sports Live. You can uh, download, you know, subscribe, you know, please subscribe to us and uh, leave a review, leave a review, leave a rating. We really appreciate everybody that uh, has been checking out um, our uh, podcast from all three from all three locations. Um, we got a great one uh, for you as always. Here we're gonna we have some big news to start off. Talk about the Arena Football League, which is great. And then after that, we're just gonna dive back into an exciting week one and look forward to a much better and a much more exciting uh, week two. Uh, but before we get underway, you already know who I always bring on with me to do these podcasts. None other uh, than my guy, Harrison Brown, over at ArenaFan.com. Harrison, uh, how are you doing today? And another week in the AFL with more big news. Hey, Jovan, what's up, man? Doing good. Uh, excited to see the news today and uh, excited to see this Soul and Brigade game tonight at 7. Yeah, the Soul and Brigade game, that game is definitely going to be huge. And like you said, we got some big news. So before we even talk about Soul Brigade, which is, you know, huge uh, to start off the season, we got to talk about this big news for anybody that doesn't know the big news coming out today, which me and Harrison were kind of speculating, throwing around. If you've been listening to the first episodes, kind of been hinting towards it, but didn't know what, what, what it was going to be. Uh, the AFL doesn't have a new uh, media rights agreement with uh, ESPN. This is huge, you know. Uh, uh, if you, I think, I think it was last week's episode. I think it was last week's episode where there was a tweet that came from ArenaFan.com, uh, their Twitter handle, talking about you know there could be big news coming, uh, coming that week. Obviously, did it? It didn't happen, but it happened this week. This is huge news. AFL, ESPN, linking back up again. All games. Uh, starting t- uh, with tonight's game, Friday night's game uh, between the Stolen Brigade will be streamed on ESPN3 and the ESPN apps uh, throughout the rest of the season. So all your AFL games, you can check it out um, via stream. And Arena Bowl 32 will be streamed on uh, ESPN2. Harrison, you know, what are just your thoughts on, you know, these two, you know, these two, uh, these two, you, you know, these two parties linking up, linking up again to, you know, uh, to do this, to you know, to come together, you know, after they were together and then they left each other and then the so- Arena Football League went to CBS uh, Sports Network and now, hey, they're back again now uh, doing, you know, doing this from a different aspect, from the streaming aspect. Yeah, I like it. Um, I think streaming is kind of the way to go. Um, personally, like, I don't even have cable anymore. I just Hulu on, like, my Xbox and my smart TV and all that, so... I think streaming is the way to go. I think streaming is the way of the future. So I think it's a great move for the AFL to be on streaming. ESPN3 is a pretty cool app. Um, They've been on it before, back in the day, back when they were previously partnered with ESPN, like you kind of mentioned. So I think it's good that there's already that familiarity with each other. Uh, ESPN has, you know, worked in these arenas before. They've worked with the Soul. And I think uh, maybe Baltimore at the end and Washington. I'm not sure when the deal ended, but. They've worked in at least Philly, and I'm sure they've been there for other events. So it's good to see ESPN back. Um, it's good to get the game out, have more people that maybe haven't seen the game, see the game on ESPN since it's 
kind of a bigger platform. So I think it's all good all around. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's great for all around. Like you said, you know, you and I'm also, you know, I'm a cord cutter as well. I'm streaming direct TV now. I use Hulu as well. I used Amazon uh, TV. I was watching, I think, during the NFL season, I was watching their broadcast on Amazon TV with Hannah Storm and uh, Andrea Kramer, I think, when they were, you know, doing the Thursday night, game, Thursday night games on Amazon on Amazon and Streaming is the way to go, and I think for the AFL, like you said, this is huge for them. You know, not only – I think I read it in the press release. Um, I forgot who said it, but, you know, not only are – you know, not already not, – not only do these teams have the local TV agreements like you see here in Philly and AC with, you know, NBC Sports Philadelphia and Albany and now um, in Washington, D.C. In, uh, in, uh, and Columbus, you know, with their – local TV stations, TV station out there, they, they all had a regional ones, but now it all comes together, uh, through, you know, through a bigger vehicle, which is ESPN and ESPN three and ESPN, ESPN, you know, ESPN plus, and people haven't, you know, been checking out or haven't had a chance to check out, um, the ESPN app and ESPN plus and ESPN three during these last year. It's been amazing. I mean, I, I brought a subscription by mistake. <laughs> I brought one <laughs> by uh I brought one just uh just I was I I think I know what it was. It was Summer League basketball. So I was watching Summer League basketball and said, All right, I'm only gonna use the free trial, see what it's hitting for, see what happens, see if I like it or not and that week came and went and not surprisingly, you know, left my credit card information in. So <laughs> from there I was just, you know, I was why it it was so amazing to get all the types of games. Like I said, I was getting all NBA summer league. I was you know getting major league baseball, and then winter came, getting hockey, getting a hockey game a day, sometimes two, three hockey games a day, and then on the football side, just the amount of you know college football and college basketball games that you get as well is just is just amazing. I mean, man, I mean, you talk about from all different levels and all different competitions. Uh, it, it was just amazing. Then also being able to watch the CFL on there as well. I mean, that was, yeah. you know, that was for someone that likes football. So I think, I think, I think for where the league is heading and the other partnerships they've made, uh, I think this is a good move for them to go the streaming, uh, to go to streaming side. And like you, and like they said in their, you know, announcement, it's a media rights agreement, not so much a TV agreement. Yeah, and I think that's a good decision, like you said. Um, it's just it's just easier to kind of access. You can always go back and watch the games. I haven't, I don't have ESPN Plus, but I've used the ESPN Three app a lot, and it was cool to go back and watch games. Like I remember, I used to be in like high school. I'll be bored in class. I would go back and watch like a San Antonio Talons game, like just something crazy like that, you know. Like so, it's cool to just be able to have that access to rewatch the games and. If someone just happens to stumble upon it who maybe doesn't know the game, they can sit and watch a full-length game or, you know, however much they want to watch it, really get to see the sport. So I think it's a really good thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. It, it, it's great. And like you said, I've been trying to get a, a few people actually that start like they love football and be like, yeah, you should go, you know, you should go check out an arena football game. You should definitely see what it's, you know, what it's hitting for because, you know, people always complain there's no football around and, there ain't nothing to watch. I don't like baseball. And people were watching the, you know, the AAF, you know, for what it was worth. People were watching it. And, you know, that was coming on CBS, uh, CBS Sports Network, TNT, BR Live, Bleacher Report Live. So people were watching it. And now I think, I think, hope, I, I want to say, I hope the AFL 
can take that fan base and now, you know, cultivate that fan base, taking it, taking the AAF fan base of, you know, the casual football fan and bringing them over to ESPN and ESPN3 because it's free. ESPN is ESPN3 is free if I'm not mistaken. So long as long as you're able to have internet access or even mobile access from your phone, I definitely think you should definitely check out some arena football action this season. Like I said, there's a lot of uh, good games uh, starting tonight, Friday night, for people that's going to be watching this, listening to the, listening to this podcast in the past or next week or you know whenever you get a chance to. Uh, we got Soul Brigade. Uh, we got C, uh, Columbus. I was about to say Seabus because Harrison's got me saying Seabus all of a sudden. We got Columbus. <laughs> we got Columbus versus AC, and we have the Baylor versus the Empire. So we will definitely be talking about those games uh, coming up. But before we even look towards week two, we got to go back to week one, which was exciting. I think if you're the AFL, you couldn't have a better uh, first week of, of action and you know, Harrison, you know, the first thing before we look, before we jump into our three takeaways from week one, here's a question that I was thinking about, and I brought this up to you already. Me and you have chatted about this during the course of the week. If people haven't seen me and Harrison, you know, text message threads, there's literally just like a bunch of like AFL commentary, like just going all throughout the thread, <laughs> all throughout the thread. But one question that I brought up to you, and this is a guy that, you know, you're definitely intrigued about too, is a Desmond Epps. And, you know, where we were talking, you know, looking at, you know, look, 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 you know, talking off air about who could be, you know, this year's Malachi Jones, who can be, you know, this rookie of the year, who can step up and be rookie of the year this year in the AFL. And Desmond Epps, I mean, this guy came out, it just blew up in week one, nine catches for 201 yards, four touchdowns. And it's surprising because he wasn't a guy that stood out on their roster when you had the likes of, you know, of a Josh Reese, a Reggie Gray, a Philip Barnett, you know, a, a, a Dangerfield, you know, those guys, you know, come to mind before you think of Desmond Esben. I mean, he made his mark um, in the Arena Football League, you know. Are we looking at this year's Rookie of the Year in Desmond Epps right now? Yeah, I mean, that's the great thing about week one is you kind of get to see guys that maybe you don't really know about. Um, there's, it's, when the NFL, there's the NFL draft, and a lot of these guys are college superstars that everyone knows about. Um, but in the Arena Football League, you might not know about a guy. He might just kind of slip by when you're overlooking the roster. And Desmond Epps went out and just had a great game. It's, you know, he could be the rookie of the year. Who knows? It's, it's still early. There's a lot of time. But, you know, there's a lot of rookies who probably haven't even seen the field yet who are going to be impact rookies this year. So there's a lot of roster movement in the Arena Football League. There's a lot of injuries and transactions that happen. So, but Desmond Epps, the receiver from Idaho University, had a great game. Like you mentioned, four touchdowns and 200 yards. He played in the indoor football league last year with the Arizona Rattlers. So he had some experience playing inside before, and that definitely helps. Just having that, you know, having to have deal with the walls and the spacing. And even though it's the IFL, there's still some timing to it. You know, you got to get the ball out quick and all that stuff. At least he had that experience, but he really went out and played very well against a, a good brigade defense. They have a talented secondary there, and he went out and just had a day. They unfortunately couldn't get the win, but I know him and Arvell Nelson both went off in the DraftKings fantasy. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're going to touch on DraftKings, too, when we uh, hopefully uh, during the course of the show because it was an interesting 
uh, first week for me in DraftKings. I think I'm going to have the DraftKings Chronicles here on uh, on the High Motion Podcast <laughs> to talk about what has what has happened to me in uh, DraftKings. But like you said, uh, Epps um, spent some time with the Rattlers in the IFL. Had 32 receptions for 441 yards, seven touchdowns, but also had two kick return TDs. Pretty much, this guy knows how to get into the end zone, and I think. I think that was so surprising is that the way he was just getting open and Arvell Nelson was just, boom, just hitting him, just hitting him, just hitting him. And this is going against Harrison, a pretty stout, um, going against a pretty stout defense in, in the brigade. And, you know, they have a pretty good secondary with uh, Victorians and, uh, and Joe Powell back there. Yeah, and Arvell has a really great arm. Uh, I think that's something that he doesn't get enough credit for. I hear a lot of times about, how he's a great athlete and all that, but he has a truly very strong arm, very good arm. He's accurate with his throws. He really throws lasers, um, and he did that a lot last week against uh, Baltimore. 391 yards and eight touchdowns, like you said. He, he played very well, and he's a very talented quarterback. He was great for them in that postseason run last year, and he was good back in the day with the Spokane Shock and the Cleveland Gladiators. So he's a guy with a lot of talent, a lot of athletic ability, and a very strong arm, which is very important in the arena game. Yeah, it definitely is the strong arm and having, you know, the ability. And he's one of the few that is that, that pure door threat that we don't see often in the AFL. We see it more in the IFL, but he's one of the pure door, door threat quarterbacks we see in the AFL. And, you know, that leads me to our three takeaways uh, from week one. And I'm going to give my first takeaway, Harrison, my first one. You already hit on it, Arvell Nelson. I think this is this is my takeaway. My takeaway is don't sleep on Arvell Nelson for MVP this year. I think he had um, he if, if it wasn't <laughs> I know it's a hot take. <laughs> so in the first hot take that we had this uh <laughs> this podcast, but I, I'm on the Arvell bandwagon. I mean, he had Dude. 391 passing yards, which is insane. In eight touchdowns, only had I think 11 rushing yards, but still 400 to- 400 plus yards total offense and eight touchdowns. I mean, that's amazing. Now, can he keep it up? I don't know, but I just want to say. Let's not let's not sleep on Arvell. He's a pretty good quarterback. He's a veteran in this league. Don't sleep on him. What about you? My, my dude, Jovan, coming with the hot takes. I like it. Arvell is a great player. MVP, it's a long season, but he is a great player. Very. My first takeaway is the other side's quarterback, the winning team's quarterback, Shane Boyd. He played a really solid game. He was very found, um, fundamentally sound in the game, 19 for 24, 232 yards and six touchdowns. He's a guy who's been around for a really long time, and he's worked with guys like Nick Davila and Kevin Guy and other good quarterbacks, and he's been in the brigade system for two years, and he's finally getting that opportunity this year to start. And he played a pretty good game and got the win against this Valor team. So I liked his performance, and that was my first takeaway from last week. You can't go wrong with Shane Boyd. I mean, you couldn't go wrong with Shane Boyd or Arvell Nelson. Uh, in DraftKings last week. I mean, both of those put up numbers, major numbers. It was it was an old-fashioned AFL duel between those uh, between those uh, two guys. So yeah, Shane Boyd. I mean, he's going to have a it's going it's going to be interesting to see how he plays against the the Soul uh, tonight. But Definitely. he's got he's gotten off to a great 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 um, opening week of football. Uh, my next takeaway. Uh, from this uh, from week one, and this might be another hot take, but I'm going with it. I'm going to I'm going with it. I'm going to live and die on it, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> the Atlantic City Blackjacks may be better than the Columbus Destroyers. Now I know 
like Harrison said, it's only week one. There's a lot of football being played. Um, we shouldn't jump to conclusions on a lot of te- players and or teams. But, I mean, just looking at how both of these teams played, um, I think the Blackjacks might be better. And this is coming from someone who said, you know, that the Destroyers have the better de- defense and they have the more talent on defense. But the Blackjacks really played hard, you know, last weekend against the Soul. Pretty much took them down to the wire and really punched them in the mouth, you know, in this game, but I'm not going to talk more about this game. I'm going to turn that over to Harrison, who you know had the chance to go cover the game um, last last uh, last Saturday at the Wells Fargo Center. Harrison, would you agree with me that the brigade might be better than what we think they could be? Yeah, Atlantic City came out and was really strong. Uh, they started out the game with a 20 to seven lead at one point in the second quarter, and then they were on the doorstep of scoring when James Romaine got that 50 yard pick six. So. Without that interception, that game really could have gotten out of hand. It would have been, you know, pending the extra point, 27-7. to 7, So it would have been down three possessions. It really would have been a problem. So James Romain came out and got that pick. It kind of turned the script on that game. But the Blackjacks really had a really good perennial team on the ropes with the soul. And they went out and played a they, – they were, they're a fiery team. I think they're kind of feeling that underdog mentality. We talked to Coach Rayford last week, and – he kind of mentioned how they were feeling a little bit, you know, like the underdogs, and they kind of embodied that and rolled with it. And I think that showed on Saturday versus the Soul. And Randy Hippert is a really good quarterback. He's been around. He has great accuracy. He gets the ball out of his hands quickly. Back when he was in Orlando, he had one year where he completed over 70% of his passes. So that kind of goes to show his accuracy and decision-making. And I think with him at quarterback and some of the skill guys they have, they could be a pretty talented team this year. Yeah, definitely. And one guy that really caught my eye in that game last weekend was Lamarck Brown. You know, I don't think I pegged him, you know, to be the guy. I thought it was more as good. So going to be Kendrick Ings to have his moments. But they was looking at, I think Ron James looking more as, as Ings as just a return guy and maybe some big plays here and there, some offensive snaps. But Lamarck Brown, Harrison, I mean, he put on the show last week. I mean, he got open a couple of times and, you know, made the Soul secondary look a little foolish. But this week, the Soul has a bigger test, and he, Mark Brown has a bigger test uh, this week um, in their in, in both of their respective games. Uh, what was your second takeaway uh, from the first week of action in the AFL? Yeah, I think you said Albany is a really good team. Uh, Tommy Grady and company went out there and played a great game versus Columbus, and I know it's the expansion team's first game and all that, but still it just goes to show how good Albany has gotten in only this year working together. Uh, Les Moss did a great job with the offensive play calling. Rob Keith, same thing on defense. They they went out and played a really good game overall. Joe Sykes is one of the best defensive linemen in Arena Football League history. I say he's the best ever. He went out and got a sack and had a nice game. And their offensive line protected Tommy Grady well. They like to run a little bit more five-step than some other teams let Tommy kind of wind up his arm. He's got a huge arm. He can throw it downfield and just hit Malachi Jones in stride. So my second takeaway was that Albany is for real. They're a really good team. And I'm excited to see what they do this weekend versus Washington, I believe, right? Yes, Albany takes on Washington. That, Like you said, that's going to be a yeah. good game, very good game uh, to see. You know, I think that was a matchup in last year's playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was. Yeah, it was in the first round. Yeah. Yep, so I know Albany probably got a bad taste in their mouth and want to, you know, 
make a statement against the defending champs as Baltimore did in uh, week one. And my last takeaway uh, from uh, week one was none other than the fullback. Long live the fullback. The fullback <laughs> is back in the AFL. Yes, I'm here to say it. The fullback is back in the AFL. And it made me feel bad at the same time that I not did, that I didn't play Adrian Ferns in DraftKings because he had about 22.7 points last week. Adrian Ferns had about, I think, three rushing touchdowns. And if you're uh if you've been watching the Philadelphia Soul um over the years, you've known from Derek Ross to uh Michael Benson to now Adrian Ferns. They're not afraid to put the ball on the ground and let their fullback, you know, pick up some pick up some yards to change up the flow of the offense and also to be effective uh in the goal line. And I think, you know, Ferns he I don't think Ferns is gonna have a, a big game. Um, against Baltimore tonight, especially against that defensive line that features, you know, uh, former Philadelphia Soul Justin, uh, defensive lineman Justin uh, Lawrence, and they also have uh, Joe Goosby playing the Jack linebacker. So I don't think Ferns is going to have that big of a game, but, hey, I could be wrong again. And the brigade got a nice uh, fullback in himself and Rory, N- and Rory Nixon who can, you know, pound it in. In Albany, they have uh, Michael Benson. So it's a lot of good fullbacks. I think the fullback is back in the AFL, unlike in the NFL. Yeah, and that kind of ties into my third takeaway about the Soul, and it's just how good of an organization they have on the field and just how good they were last week against the Blackjacks. Um, just fighting adversity, they had some injuries, an ejection of one of their offensive linemen. They lost their starting center maybe for the season. Um, early in the game, they had to move their tight end, Philip Keith Manley, who's a very versatile guy inside the center. Then they had to put Jake Metz at tight end. They lost Money Reynolds. He's now on injured reserve. They lost one of their defensive backs. So they really went through it in that game, and they still were able to pull it out. They had a bunch of injuries, and it was a hard-fought game the whole time. They didn't have Aaron Washer. He was dressed but did not play. So they really were limited in that game with the amount of guys they had. Arena Football League rosters are limited anyway. You only get to dress 21 guys. So when you have a few injuries like that, you're down to like – I don't know what the exact number they were down to is, but it was like 17 or 16 guys. So. They definitely went down to it last week, but they still fought it out and got the win. And I think that's a credit to the coaching staff and the players. So, testament to the soul for that week one win. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. You're right about that. I mean, it was it was a game of, you know, a game of survival for the Philadelphia. So, like you said, they yeah. had an injection, which is uncharacteristic for them. You had Jake Metz playing both ways. You had Lonnie Outlaw you know, playing both ways as well, which is uncharacteristic because that's a six foot six, six foot seven uh, uh, wide receiver playing uh, linebacker. You know, a lot of new faces on that field that, you know, that we haven't, you know, seen before playing the soul uniform. Um, it, it, it was, it was, it wasn't an easy first game. And you saw that Harrison, you know, a lot of people saw that it wasn't easy for him. There's going to be, like I said to you, I think there's going to be some growing pains with this team, um, especially with some of the new faces on defense more specifically. But I think, like you said, they're they're a, they're a great organization, and they're going to turn. They're going they're going to make sure that this team is um is ready to go. And it sucks that um that that Darius Reynolds uh was put on IR. But I kind of had an idea that was going to happen when he got hit in the knee like that, and you never want to see a guy get hit in the knee. The way that the way that Reynolds did, but like you said, now this is you know Darius Prince who had a, a outstanding season uh, last 
next year. It's his time. It's his time to step up. Um, like you said, Aaron Washup, will he play tonight? We'll see. Um, Lonnie Outlaw, he could be a guy that could step up um, as well for them. So I think, that, and uh, you can't forget BJ Bunn. He's also uh, there as well. So like you said, you know, the soul. They, the soul they toughed out that they, they 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 pulled out that, that victory. You know it wasn't easy, but they they got it done. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting moving forward to see what the soul do at receiver. Uh, they love Lonnie Outlaw. He's been on the team for a few for a while now since like 2015. So he's been around. He knows the playbook, and they also really like the rookie BJ Bunn. Uh, both Coach Dalzell and Dan Rodbaugh were high on him. So it'll be exciting to see how the rookie does if he gets the opportunity to play tonight. Certainly. So if people want to check out Brigade versus Soul, you can check that out on ESPN3, the ESPN app, and also on NBC Sports Plus, NBC NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus um, as well at 7. I think the game's at 7 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. 7, I think. I think it's 7. 7 o'clock. Yep. Yep. So you can can check that all all out on the ESPN um, app. And before we hop into week two and talk about a little bit of DraftKings, you are listening to the High Motion Podcast uh, here on Block Talk Radio. Um, I'm Jovan Alvar, and I'm here with Harrison Brown of ArenaFans.com. And let's jump into week two, Harrison. You know, I would like to talk about Soul Brigade, but we're going to switch. We're going to switch it up a little bit, and we're going to jump in and talk about the expansion bowl. Um, we have the Columbus Destroyers uh, traveling down to AC to take on the Atlantic uh, City Blackjacks. This is a big game. I saw the photos. They're getting the fill ready down there in a boardwalk hall. It should be exciting atmosphere down there. I think you're going to be down there. Um, so just give me your sense of a preview and what you're, you know, what you're looking forward to um, in in tomorrow in tomorrow afternoon's game. Yeah, well, I'm most excited to just hang out by the beach, uh, hit the boardwalk up a little bit, uh, <laughs> go get some dinner after the game and all that. And Boardwalk Hall is just an awesome venue. I got to go there in 2015 for the Boardwalk Bowl between the Soul and the Outlaws. And Arena Football looked really cool in there. I think everybody that's going to be heading out to the game tomorrow is in for a treat. I'm not sure how it's going to be fan-wise since it's their first game, but I'm just excited to get back there myself and hang out, see everybody and all that. But it should be a good game. Both these teams are 0-1 right now. This is their second game back in the Arena Football League for the Destroyers and in the league for the Blackjacks. If I had to pick a team for this one, I'm going to lean with the Blackjacks. I thought they really displayed a strong fight in week one versus the Soul. But looking at the Destroyers, they're going to start Grant Russell this week. We had thought that he was going to be the starting quarterback last week, but he didn't get denied. It was Danny Southwick who did. Russell wound up coming in in the second quarter, and he actually played pretty well. He completed most of his passes. Went six for eight with 88 yards in the game and ran a little bit too. Had some problems being under center, though, and that's one of the things about being a a quarterback who played in the no-huddle spread offense in college. That's going to be a transition. I'm sure Coach Salk worked on that all week with him in the centers. But they're coming into Atlantic City, an Atlantic City team that was fired up last week versus the Soul. I know they're going to be fired up for their home opener. I'm going to go with the Atlantic City Blackjacks on this one, and I'm excited to see some football at Boardwalk Hall, man. Come on, you can't beat it. No, you can't. Like you said, uh, you can't beat football down by the shore, go to the boardwalk, get 
some dinner afterwards, you know, just enjoy the atmosphere, you know. Maybe go hit up the outlet stores. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Maybe you should go hit up the outlet stores. <laughs> nah, I gotta keep my, get some... gotta get my bread right. Gotta get my bread right. Do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be like, yeah. Go to the Nike outlet store and come back with like three boxes of shoes. Be like, yeah, that's oh, where all my money man. went. But, <laughs> but that should definitely be a fun game. Like you said, you go on the blackjacks. And before, if people don't forget, we did our week one picks. I went three and zero. Oh. Surprisingly, Harrison went two and one, but he easily could have been three and zero oh, just based on just based on that DC Baltimore game, and even even so, blackjacks, you know, that could have flipped up the standings as well. So uh, Harrison yeah, going Harrison, yes, it was. Um, so Harrison's going AC. I am going to go with AC as well. I'm 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 loving what I loved what I saw from them in Week One, like you said. Um, I think Lamar Brown, you know, I think he's. He, I think, you know, he should have another big game. Randy Hippert's a veteran. He knows how to get the job done. I think the defense is going to continue to step up, you know, and, you know, to continue they continue to do what they have to do. I don't think the captain is playing this week. So, so if that's the case, then the Blackjack should be able to play, should be able to, should be able to keep um, the Destroyers receivers in check. I mean, they do have to watch out for Anthony Amos who you know who is good in his own right. So they, they do have to check out to watch out for him uh for that. And Grant Russell, like you said, this is gonna be his first start, his first full start um in the AFL and that's gonna bring some um adjustments as well. Uh you mentioned Danny Southwick. I think he was placed on reassignment. So uh now they are bringing back that's Liam Nadler. So another rookie is backing up a rookie, so Tomorrow could be a very interesting game, <laughs> to, say the, to say the least. But if you want to uh, keep in tune with what's going on down at AC, make sure you follow uh, Harrison on Twitter um, at Harry Brown Russo and check out ArenaFan.com. Uh, quick plug, quick plug uh, right there uh, for both parties. Um, as we go to our next game, before we jump into Soul Brigade, let's talk about the Valor versus the Empire. A rematch of last season's playoffs. Uh, Arvell Nelson looking to keep up his hot play. Desmond Epps looking to uh, continue his, you know, hot streak going up against. Um, you could probably, you might, you might, you might could say this is like the New England Patriots of like the Arena Football League. You know, the consistent quarterback and he's got his weapons. Or you can make some other analogy, which I'm probably blanking <laughs> on right now. But you have Arvell and company taking on Tommy Grady and company. Um, going up against uh, with Malachi Jones and Quentin Sims and Colin Taylor, it's a pretty loaded, uh, pretty loaded bunch up there in Albany. Albany looking uh, to go two and zero on the season, while the Valor are trying to stave off going zero and two on the season. But as we saw last season, it doesn't matter what the records are. Well, it kind of does this year. Only time. For make the playoffs, but last year the Valor proved that it doesn't matter what your record are because you can still win the Arena Bowl. But with that being said, Harrison, uh, who do you got in this game and why? Yeah, it should be an interesting game. I'm going to go to Albany in the game. Uh, Albany just has so much talent, and they just have so many weapons on both sides of the ball. But the Valor have played the Empire tough in those two playoff games. They played them very tough. The first game was 56, 57 to 56. Albany won, and then the next game was 47 to 40. Washington won. So the last two times out, they've played them tough. But previously to that, the Empire had won every game. So I'm going to go with Albany in this one. I think they have a little bit more firepower. But this Washington team, they played Baltimore tough last week. 
They won the Arena Bowl uh, prior to that. So last few times out, they've had pretty good showings. So it could be an interesting one, but I'm leaning Albany. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do another hot take and, and, and totally just Ooh. blow things up. Oh, Valor, I like it. Switch it you up. know what? You know what? I'm going with the Valor. I'm I'm, I'm hey, riding with okay. the Valor. I'm 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 riding with it. Um, like you, I, it, I I think I think it's gonna be a close game. I think it's gonna be close, just like how last weekend's game, last week's game, um, against Baltimore in 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 DC was. I think it's gonna be that. I think it's gonna be close again. Um, the Valor has have proven that they can beat this team. Uh, now, luckily for them, they have Mario Norman on their side now, and he's not on the other side. <laughs> so yeah. I think Arvell's gonna play good. I think the I think. Um, the Empire's defense. I think they're going to play. They're going to pay special attention now to Desmond Epps, uh, based on his, you know, uh, Week One uh, performance. So that means somebody else has to step up. Will Phil? Will, uh, will Reggie Gray step up? Um, will Phil Barnett or will you know Josh Reese step up? So um, I think I think those are going to be the key. You know, the keys to the. I think those are going to be the big keys. And I think all. I think Albany's going to put up points too. I mean, with with the amount of uh, wide receivers that um, Tommy Grady has at his arsenal, I think they're going to put up points and they're going to put up numbers too. I think this could be a high-scoring affair, Harrison. I think we could be looking possibly at a, you know, we might hit the 60s in this game. I think 60s I think sixties are going to be the high um, in this game. So I'm going to switch it up and go with the Valor. I like it, man. I like to switch up. Arvell's a great player. Arvell's a great quarterback. He played good last week, eight touchdowns. He's got a new target in Desmond Epps, who seems to be that guy. So should be a fun one. I think we can like. I think we can like call this podcast probably the Arvell Nelson podcast. Honestly, we yeah, we're I'm, definitely a little bit on the Arvell Nelson bandwagon, a little bit. Hey, I'm. I, I, I believe in Arvell. I'm right. I, I'm. 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 I'm leading that. I'm leading the strong. A bandwagon here, but hey, I could just be totally wrong. But we do the show next week, and I say, yeah, probably wasn't. Nah, he's a, he's a but, baller. He's a good player. He is. He is. He definitely is. But like I said, we'll see because the Arena Football League is so crazy. Yeah. You just don't know what can happen, and that leads us uh, to our final, um, our final game to preview, which is happening tonight, Friday night. Um, down in uh, down in Baltimore, Royal Farms Arena, um, we have the Philadelphia Soul who are looking to avenge last season's playoff loss to the Baltimore Brigade. The Brigade are pretty stout on both sides of the ball. Um, like you said, like you said earlier in the sh- uh, show, Shane Boyd had a great first game. He's looking to approve off that. They also have Superman Joe Hills, who just you know kept up his touchdown streak. You know, as usual, it's just business as usual. Uh, Brandon Tompkins. Uh, made some plays as well. Defense, they're loaded. Justin Lawrence on the defensive line. Joe Gooseby, the former soul, uh, the former soul player, is on is on the, is on the uh, opposing team side this time. And they also got Josh Victorian and uh, Joe Powell Harrison. What are who are you picking, and what are your keys uh, to this game uh, tonight? It's funny. I listened to Arena Fans podcast, and John Stark, who covers the Brigade and the Valor had said that this is kind of like low-key turning into a grudge match, and, like, it kind of is. Like, they're not supposed to be rivals. It wasn't a planned rivalry, but they're pretty close in distance no matter what. I mean, it's only like an hour and a half, two hours. 
And they played each other in the playoffs last year, and the Brigade won. And the year before that, the Soul beat the Brigade in the playoffs. And it's been a pretty even matchup so far. The Soul are up 6-5 to five all the time. But, like, only in three years, this is already kind of turning into a low-key grudge match, like John said. So it's going to be an interesting one. Shane Boyd, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, had a nice first week with the six touchdowns and a high completion percentage. He's a veteran. He's been around. He's not going to make, you know, silly rookie mistakes. So I like that about the brigade. And any quarterback who has Joe Hills is pretty much guaranteed an extra 100 yards and three touchdowns on their stat line just automatically. So that's just off the bat. But I'm going to go with the soul in this one. I think it's going to be a good game. The brigade have been playing the soul tough. Uh, Omar Smith, dating back to the San Jose days, San Jose always played the soul tough. So it's just it's an interesting matchup. There's, you know, a little bit of bad blood between the teams. But now Goosby's on the other side, so there's that part of it. You know, everybody's – I'm sure it'll be weird to see Goosby on the other sideline tonight. But it's going to be a good one. I'm leaning soul in this one. I think Dan Rodderbaugh is going to have a great year. It wasn't the most exciting Dan Rodderbaugh game that we've ever seen in week mm-hmm. one, but it was a pretty solid one. He had the one interception, but other than that – he played a pretty solid game, completed a high percentage of his passes, got the ball out quick as usual. And, you know, that was just kind of one of those soul games where he spread the love and Coach Dozell called a lot of plays for Ferns in the red zone instead of maybe a jump ball to Lonnie Outlaw that would have gotten an extra two or three touchdowns for Dan. But, you know, giving the ball to Ferns right there is just the more sound thing to do. Maybe hurt some fantasy owners who had Dan roll the ball, but that's soul football. Sometimes the ball is going to get spread around to different people. I agree with you, uh, and I definitely agree. But uh, what John said on the Arena Fan, you know, podcast, this is becoming low key like a pretty good, you know, rivalry between the two. And you know, like you said, Omar Smith has played, you know, this soul team very tough over the years, and I don't expect anything different. I think this is going to be another close game um, this week. I think, I think for the soul, and you would probably agree with me with this, Harrison, is that. They cannot get down early like they get like they did against AC. They cannot get down twenty to seven again because unlike AC, you're going against a Baltimore defense that is pretty good and that has playmakers on it. And there's no disrespect to AC, but when you just look at the playmakers that the brigade have in the secondary, you're it's 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 not, not going to be it's not going to be easy. And I mean, much respect to James Romaine. You know, if it wasn't if we being honest, if it wasn't for uh, uh, if it wasn't for uh, Romain making those two big interceptions um, in that game, you know, trying to flip in momentum to the soul side, like you said, that game could have been ugly um, um, for yeah. them. But good teams that are good teams and pull good teams and teams that have won championships know how to pull those games out, regardless of who's playing. Good teams know how to pull games out like that, and they did. But like I said, they cannot get down. Um, continue to first continue to force turnovers. You know, for the Soul to have three interceptions last week, including Sean Daniels with an interception, I think that's huge. Keep on doing it. Keep on trying to cause you know create turnovers because in arena football we see what happens when you can get that extra possession. It 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 it, it, it puts pressure on the opposing team's defense to try to stop you. So if they do that, I think they'll be fine. Um, and the sole offense, you know, I would just like to see them, you know, get in a rhythm, you know, like you said, Dan in a three-step drop, you know, he, like you said, it wasn't the, the big number Dan Rodderball game, but at the same time, 
it was you know it was a, it, it was it was a consistent it was a consistent outing for him for him he did what he had to do got the ball out hit his guys Clint like you said went to um, went to his went to his fullback and Adrian Ferns a lot when it called him to and 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 it worked you know and we'll see if you know who can step up in the absence of uh, Darius Reynolds will it be Darius Prince will it be uh, Washa will it be BJ Bun will it be Lonnie Outlaw uh, we shall see. Uh, what happens, and like I said, you can watch not only the Soul game, but all the games on, you know, in the Arena Football League this season on the ES, on ESPN3 or on um, the ESPN um, app. And we have just a few more minutes here left in the show uh, to wrap up this week's edition of the High Motion Podcast. And before we uh, before we wrap up in the show here, uh, um, we got to talk some DraftKings. Yes, folks. Um, it was interesting for me in week one. I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had some good winners, and I didn't – I had some good winners, and then there was some other um, things where I just didn't play so well. Well, this is coming from someone who's watched the Arena Football League for a long time. Um, I played in a – and we're just going to call this the DraftKings Chronicles um, – I played in a $1 entry uh, league last week, and I finished, this is going to be so disappointing to say, I finished 860th out of 891. Yep. Oof. Wow, yeah, it wasn't good man, come on. <laughs> it wasn't good for me. Let me explain why it wasn't good, all right? Oh, uh, yeah, so, yeah, let me hear. All right, so my captain was um my captain in this game uh was Dan Ronaldball, but Dan right. didn't give me that point and 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 that's okay. He he only um he, he Dan didn't give me that many points uh this season. I mean not this season, uh, last week's game. Um his two passing touchdowns gave twelve points, um and his one hundred fifty one passing yards about nine points, so he about twenty one points right there, but but his end, but when he threw an interception, that took away one and a half points. So you also have the one and a half point multiplier. So yeah, Dan didn't come through for me on that one. But I did have some success. Joe Hills had a monster game. Um, had a monster game last week. Thirty points uh, for me when we're looking at the flex position. Um, eighteen. He had eighteen points for three receiving touchdowns and six point four points uh, for sixty four uh, receiving yards and six points. Uh, for six receptions, so that was a good uh, grab for ninety six thousand for ninety six hundred in salary. Uh, Tommy Grady, Grady had a pretty good game, but he also had an interception as well. So <laughs> he kind of he, he had an interception and he had minus one rushing yards. Yes, minus one rushing yards. Tommy Grady attempted to run the ball like Tom Brady attempts to run the ball, which is not often. Um, so you had that uh, Darius Reynolds. Didn't come up in the clutch for me like I thought he would in this game. 16.3 points, and he also got injured. Um, and Kendrick Ings, Kendrick Ings. I believed in the Kendrick Ings hype, and it smacked me in my face. And that hurt. And then finally, the captain, he didn't play at all in that game. Um, but that was my um, – that was my – that was my uh, first week. Um, if you want to know what the first person, the, the, what the winner had for his roster, here's what the winner had in his roster, Harrison. Um, the winner he won a hundred dollars, which is nice. 
I wish he, I wish I had I wish I had took his advice. He also has a photo uh-huh. that says DFS. He also has a photo that says DFS Army. So he's a pretty avid daily fantasy sports player. So this is disappointing. Okay. Um, but he um, and his captain, unlike me, he went Arvell Nelson, who no, had seventy four points. Yes, Man, he did. There you go. Yes, it will. That that is the big difference. Arvell uh, had seventy four points uh, last weekend, and I mean eight passing touchdowns. Uh, 48 points, 391 passing yards, 23 points, 11 rushing yards, and he actually got four. He actually got four and a half points for having a one 300-yard passing game. So that was big, uh, right there. Me and him also had Joe Hills. He went Randy Hippert, um, and Randy Hippert had 30, 31 points. He had Josh Reese, who had 27 points, and surprisingly, he went with Lamar Brown. As his mm. as his other flex option, and Lamarck Brown, which is interesting, he went for a cheap forty eight hundred, um, forty eight hundred. He had eight receptions, which were good for eight points, three receiving touchdowns, eighteen points, and he had ninety receiving yards for nine points. So that's how I did on my first try playing uh, DFS on AFL on a, a DFS on a Arena Football League, but. But I do, I, I do have, I, I, I do have some great news. I did come back and play it again this week. <laughs> hey. I, I didn't quit. I didn't quit. I said, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it out again. So, I played for tonight. Um, I went with Shane Boyd. I'm not gonna make the mistake. Uh, this is just for tonight's game. I'm going with Shane Boyd as my, uh, as my captain. I'm going Joe Hills. Um, who was a nice uh, who that came in a nice price for a flex um, eight thousand um, dollars about going with Lonnie Outlaw um, and Darius Prince, Dan Rodderball and Brandon Tompkins. I was thinking about going Washa. I'm really thinking about going Washa. I still got time, but I'm just not sure if he's going to play. I have more faith yeah. in uh, Lonnie Outlaw than I do in Washa. What do you think about my? Uh, what are your thoughts on my first week of uh, DraftKings Chronicles, uh, Harrison? I like it, man. I like that. Uh, I like that this is a thing for the league. Everyone, stay tuned for my picks. They're coming in two years when I turn twenty-one. So twenty twenty-one, I'm gonna have those DraftKings picks for y'all. But until then, y'all need to listen to my man Joe Bon. But I like your picks for this week. I was looking at your roster. You got a lot of stolen brigade guys. So tonight's a big night for you. But I, I like your picks. I think Dan Rodeball is gonna have a big bounce back game. Statistically, I think right here it says he's only $9,000. I know that's not that much for the quarterbacks in DraftKings. So I think he's going to have a big bounce back night because they're not going to be able to run the ball. I don't think they're going to be in as many goal line situations. I think they're going to need to push the football a little bit more, passing the ball and scoring the ball that way. Obviously, they're without Darius Reynolds, which is going to be a huge hit. And like we kind of mentioned, Washa or, you know, Washa or Lonnie Outlaw, I'd probably stick with Lonnie Outlaw because I can pretty much guarantee that Lonnie Outlaw will be on the field a lot tonight. Washa, we're really not sure how limited or how active he'll be. And if it's like last week where he doesn't get any reps at all because he was, like, not in the game at all. So if it's like that again, that's a huge hit for your fantasy team taking zero points. So I would go Lonnie Outlaw, and they like to get the ball out quick, and Lonnie is by far their biggest receiver and without money in the mm-hmm. game, too, I feel like they're going to do a lot more dink and dunks to him. I'm not sure if it's a PPR. Right. Uh, you can probably explain that. 
Yeah, I think it is. is. I think it is some. Yeah, there is some PPR elements. They do count points for receptions um, in this. So, yeah, I think, like you said, there could be a lot of dink and dunk, and there could be some opportunities. I think, like you said, without no Darius Reynolds, I think there's going to be a lot of ops for a lot of a lot of ops for a lot of guys to just get their hands on the ball. And then the goal line situations, like you said, you know, they might not have many with Ferns, but with a guy like Lonnie Outlaw who's six foot six, six seven, you throw that ball up there and just let him go get it. So, yes, that was my lineup for this week in DraftKings Chronicles. I might play, I might play um, for for uh, Saturday's games, which should probably be a little bit more easier to do. But we'll find out. Hopefully, I'll fare better. Um, hopefully, I'll fare better this week um, than I did yeah. last week. But we will see uh, there. But pretty much, uh, that's going to wrap up this edition of the uh, High Motion uh, podcast here on uh, Block Talk Radio. Like I said, if you missed this week's episode or the prior week's episodes, you can check them out on blogtalkradio.com backslash Total Sports Live, or you can check it out on um, or you can check them out on Spotify and the Apple Podcast um, Apple, on Apple Podcast app, on Apple Podcast. Hit that subscribe button and uh, leave us a review or leave us or give us a rating. We appreciate it. And on uh, Spotify, you know, follow us on there, you know, to check us out. We, you know, we're on there as well. Now that happened last week, literally right after we did the, uh, <laughs> or after we did the, our, our, our show last week, they, they was already up there, all our episodes. So that's pretty cool. So, you know, check us out. You know, we appreciate all the support. You know, we appreciate, you know, just people listening uh, to us, you know, just talk, just talk and shop um, about the AFL. Um, Harrison, anything coming up for you on your end uh, for ArenaFan.com that people should be uh, looking out for? Uh, yeah, there's a, an article coming out hopefully today or tomorrow with Phenom Elite CEO and founder Nathan Dorton. It was cool to kind of talk to him and hear a little bit about the, the inside of a sports apparel company. It was just something, honestly, that I never really had thought of, that there was, you know, so much that goes into right. it with the processing, manufacturing. It's just something – kind of just, you know, oh, our uniforms are here, cool. Like, let's put them on. They look cool. Let's get it, you know. But there's a lot that goes into it. So it was cool to kind of hear that backstory and hear about him and some of his playing days and how he wound up the uniform provider for the Arena Football League. So that should be a fun little article coming out. And then uh, hitting up Boardwalk Hall tomorrow, man, hitting up the beach. If it's nice out, bring a towel, get some tanning in before the game, and then head inside, you know. (laughs) Can't beat it. You cannot beat it football down really at the can. shore. I love it. I'm hyped. <laughs> I can tell. I mean, it's going to be a good one. And like I said, uh, going forward now for the rest of the season, you can check out games on ESPN3 and the ESPN app so you can have fun and enjoy the arena football action um, uh, with us. And like you said, look out for, uh, like we said, and like Harrison said, look out for his article um, with, look out for his article with uh, the founder of Phenom Elite. Um, and just getting an inside track of, you know, just how, you know, these type of, you know, workings and dealings come together between leagues and, you know, and, 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 and apparel and apparel providers, you know, that's, I think that's, I think that's going to be a very interesting read because we always hear about these things, but we never know what truly goes into it. So to hear how things really go on and, you know, getting, like you said, the behind the scenes look at all these things, I think it's definitely going to be a very interesting Read and also, if you haven't checked out Harrison's um, conversation with Commissioner Randall Bow, 
you can check that out as well. People, if you haven't read that, you should definitely read it. A lot of good, um, interesting gems and nuggets uh, from the commish. Um, and I think there's another. I think there's another interview uh, with the commish on Arena Fan. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. As well. John did one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's two. So you can check out both. A lot of them have good gems about the future of the league, which is very uh, tantalizing, if I had to say. There's a lot of uh, great ideas, expansion, you know, maybe a video game down the line. Who knows? You know, a lot of great things uh, with the Arena Football League coming down the pipeline. And, you know, hopefully it's here to stay for another 30-something-odd years, as it's done uh, thus far. uh, And also check out your articles. Your new oh yeah, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, some of the Eagles guys got to plug those up because oh, that was a great read. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I try not, you know, I try not to plug myself, but yeah. Nah, you got to plug yourself, <laughs> man. Go ahead, run through it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I did um, story, new story on TotalSportsLive.com uh, went up there, went live yesterday afternoon. I had a chance to um, speak with a uh, tryout player who's going to be trying out for the Eagles uh, next weekend at their rookie minicamp, Darnell Jenkins. Um, he's from Rocky Mountain College, which is part of the Frontier Conference in, NI, in NAIA football. So uh, that was a good interview, you know, just getting his just getting his thoughts um, on, you know, just his journey up to this point and just how he feels about this opportunity and, you know, just his mindset. So that's coming up and then coming up whole, more than likely next week um, have another story with another guy from uh, UVA Wise, which is the home of none other than Randy Hippert in uh, the Atlanta City yes, Blackjacks. Uh, their wide receiver, uh, Kyan uh, Duviger, six foot six wide receiver, huge, huge wide receiver. Um, had a chance to talk to him, who's also another tryout player. Had a chance to talk to him and you know just get his thoughts on uh, on him, you know, joining the Philadelphia Eagles. So yeah, definitely um, check out both of those stories out. Uh, keep it locked on com and also arenafan.com and follow Harrison on Twitter at Harry Brown Russo and follow myself on uh, Twitter as well at Joe Von Ten and that's I think that's it I think we plugged everything so for Mia Harrison everyone have a good one enjoy the game um, this week if you think that we got something completely wrong or we're wrong with our picks you know where to hit us up on uh, social media but Uh, For me and Harrison, everyone have a good one, and we will talk to you guys next week.